0: Well, and that's what I found as I think it's a blessing and a curse. God bless it. I, it makes me happy, but you get a ton of other business ideas and business opportunities come and other things come. And I, I'm just not wired to do the same thing for 40 years. That's just not how I am. And I love to try new things. I love to say I went all in, either it was a, a success or, but I did it. And I like my goal is always if I'm on my deathbed, that's how I make, like there's been things that I've done, like doing the the large event I did for three years. It was, I knew if I was on my deathbed, I was terrified to do it. I knew there's so much I didn't know how to do, but I knew if I looked back at that moment and said, you could have stepped forward and did done this, or you didn't, I would regret forever not doing it. So that's like my barometer. Like if I'm about, if I'm on my deathbed and I look back at this moment, will I have regret? And if I know I will, I have to do it.
1: Welcome to Winning Strategies Playbook the podcast where we welcome business leaders, CEOs, and industry experts to discuss the rise to the top, building wealth, and real estate insights. Here's your host, Jeremy Spann. Welcome to Winning Strategies Playbook. For more information on this podcast, you can go to our website. I don't even think we got to say www. No, I think
0: it's kind of assumed.
1: It's, just, it's assumed? Yeah, the world wide web? Yeah. I should turn it upside down and go MMM and then people are going to be like, knowing you, I don't even want to know what those three letters stand for. Yeah, so you have to be careful. you're going to go to myexperiencedrealtor.com realtor.com and that's experienced with an ed at the end of experienced.com and you'll click on podcast to find out more information about this particular episode and other episodes and of course, when you land on the landing page, if you're looking to buy and sell real estate anywhere on the planet, even if it's not here in Dallas-Fort Worth. Click that button. We'll make sure you get a trusted professional. You really don't want a moron helping you, guide you, in buying the largest financial purchase or selling your largest financial purchase on the planet. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Today, what you're going to do is you're going to go to that podcast button and you're going to scroll down to our 52nd episode, one year... With Aaron Greger, my producer, hello, the magician. Hello. I mean, is, for the audience, a big deal. It, is, it is a big deal. Not that I'm but, here, but, that but you're here. It's a, really a year. big deal for you because I literally don't <laughs> do anything. I show up, I talk, you do everything, you make it look good. But Aaron, you know, after doing this for 52 episodes, what do we got to start with?
0: A joke. That's what I told you before we were like, I have been waiting with bated breath for this I, joke. So, I, I, no pressure. I figured, pressure,
1: I figured you out of everybody would appreciate this one. So, this is a quick shout out to Dan Verbowski of Leon Signs in Tyler, Texas, who I talk to every Wednesday. And he said, I am so <laughs> sick of my ears ringing of your horrible jokes. He's giving me new jokes. So, you ready for this one today? I'm ready. Okay. Yes, please. All right. Okay. What kind of concert costs? 45 cents
0: i don't even i don't know
1: a 50 cent concert (laughs) featuring nickelback (laughs) that's pretty good i was like that's actually really he's he's loaded me up so we're gonna see so if the show actually starts to gain an enormous audience overnight we can thank dan because because his jokes are better than my jokes
0: yes he's got a future career
1: he does he does so aaron yeah. You, 52 episodes. How have you tolerated me this long?
0: Well, it's been a lot of Sunday tax. <laughs> Jeremy jeremy i need uh opening clip but uh, other than that
1: <laughs> and then we tried to fix it by having james do it and he's just as add as a squirrel on yes. methamphetamines as me and you're like great i got two morons that can't give me what i need it's a simple yes. 60 second clip that we can put as the preview yes
0: yes yeah. so but yeah other than that no i mean it's been you're a great client you were really great to work with and what i love about what you've done is like, you really set out, it wasn't, you know, you joke, you're famous and you joke, that was your goal, but you really had a bigger picture of it. And you've done, you know, I was telling you, I wanted to pull some good stats for you for this episode, but like 75% of the the podcasts that are out on Apple right now are not current, which, you know, haven't had a, a published episode in the last like six months. So that means a lot of people fall off. And seven is that number. It's called the pod fade number where you'll find a lot of if they're going to fade, that's where they start. Like they have this big vision. They get really frustrated when they don't get Joe Rogan numbers by episode three or, you know, their phone's not nonstop ringing. But you really went in with this this right strategy and it's paid off for you. But you are you show up. We are. All right. Where are we at episodes? All right. I'm going to come in and you've done that. For the past year now, about a year ago is when we met, and you're—that's what's making you successful with this. So you've been—you've been actually really fun to work with.
1: So what I'm hearing is two things. The mm-hmm. first thing is—is is you're like, hey, your show can suck, but you're persevere enough that you're going to make it to a year. Uh, and then second, uh, joking aside, is the strategy of this I would love to take credit for, but I can't oh. because of you. So for the audience, and we're going to dive more into yeah. this. Yeah, but I want, I want to start this episode off by saying what makes Aaron's company magical is we just didn't say, hey, let's do it and then walk in here and do it. You actually yeah. spent months of I don't even know how many Zoom meetings we had of asking me questions, yeah. right? You're a great uh, how, how would I say this? You're a great question person. Like You know how to ask questions, and right? You. Yeah. And you were able to take the data from my answers analyze it and then at the end of the day is um I remember you told me you were like look here's what your show really is right your show is to target high performers intellectuals business owners leaders not couch potatoes who aren't going to get off their ass and come do anything and i was like oh my god yeah you're absolutely you're absolutely yeah. right and and it was really Cool about is the audience knows we record in series, right? Mm-hmm. So we record a number of these at a time. Is half our guests for this series I've never even met.
0: That's when you know you're starting to hit that threshold, right? When it's like people are seeking you out to be on your show. It's a it's it's special when you get to. But that you point.
1: did all the heavy lifting. Yeah, I mean, you really did. You made this the easy button, like a Staples easy button, or. Yeah. So one of the things I like to joke around and say is my business gets complicated when you complicate it. So my methodology is, hey, do you remember that TV show with Jeff Foxworthy? Are you smarter than a fifth grader? That's the way I want it. (laughs) And that's what you did. You were like, well, I can make a lot of assumptions. You're Marine. So I know you can't read, write or spell (laughs) or count. So we're just going to hold up flashcards and be like, can you see the picture? Yeah. Is it red? Is it blue? Is it a square? Is it a circle? And be like, yeah. But no, you really did a good job of doing everything to make this easy for me. And because I would guess we'll again we can make sausage out of this and tear the layers off of the onion, but I would guess that you have two types of people that come to you. One that hear and I was just having this conversation yesterday actually is there's a difference between cost and value. Right? Yes. Very much 100%. a difference. And so when they hear your value but then they see the cost. You have one of two people, right? You have those that they want to be cheap and go, you know what? I'll just go buy a microphone, do this in my house.
0: 100%. And I'm
1: a, I'm a podcaster that does that, which is nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. Nothing There's wrong with that. There's some very, very successful people Great out there place doing it. to start.
0: It, yes. Right?
1: Or you've got the people that are like me that go, hey, I recognize value. I really don't care what the invoice is. Just make sure you do one thing. Send it to Laura, because if you send it to me, it might be sitting in my inbox for three months where you're like, hey, man. And I was like, hey, in my defense, I said send it to Laura. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't even I don't even know what the bank account is. Right. I don't even, she doesn't trust me with any of that, nor would I, because, I mean, we would have a dope ass time in Vegas if I had access to the bank account. But but you've really done a, a great yeah. job of going, hey, here's the value. Let's extract what you want your theme to be. And then it does it. it, it the hardest thing in business Is to stay hyper-focused, right? Yes. And uh, as a a matter of fact, so my friend Chris Powers that was on many, many episodes ago, been extremely successful. He made a tweet the other day. I'm going to pull it up on Twitter here real quick. He said, all of my friends who have crushed it have three things in common. One, they're hyper-focused. Two, they're relentless and willing to outwork the competition. And three, they focus on building a network where everyone can win. And, and, I, and it really resonated with me. So, Chris, if you happen to be listening, thank you for that. As a matter of fact, I went in there and I put one green check, two green check, three green check, and immediately he liked it, right? He was like, he was like, man, you're right on point. Um, but it is. It's hard to stay because there's so many distractions in this world, right? There's so yeah. many different directions you go and be like, well, what if we pivot? And there's nothing wrong with pivoting. Sometimes you need to. But you did such a good job of saying, look, if this is going to be your target audience, And this is who your target guest list needs to be. Yeah. And and so now I have all these folks that are like, hey, I want to come on your show, want to come on your show. And one of the things I had to institute really quickly is to go, hey, before we agree to do anything, let's set up a 15-minute call to see if we're going to be a fit together. And some have great content, but I'm like, hey, you're not going to be a fit for the show, right? Um, And then some – I was that were like, ah, I'm not sure my content would do it. And be like, okay, run me through your quick story. And be like, oh, no, you're right. You're right on point. Because high performers touch every aspect of this world, right? From this series, we're going to have a mom who lives in my neighborhood, who has coordinated all the rest of the neighborhood to do community things, right? Um, Down to... Yourself being an entrepreneur who said, Hey, I mean, I've got 80% of the characteristics of somebody being bipolar, so I should absolutely start my own company, right? <laughs> yeah. So let's dive into yeah. that. Let's go, let's go back to where Aaron began. Oh. Where
0: are you from, Aaron? I'm a Wisconsin girl, I am a Wisconsin. Midwest farmer's daughter. I am. Um, yes. And I'm very I was, I was
1: to, I, if I if I would have paid attention enough that you probably told me that 10 times, my joke would have totally started. <laughs>
0: it's OK. But yeah, I mean, at five years, I was the youngest, but I was the youngest by about six, six and seven years is the difference between my brother and sister. And so I was bored. And at five, I asked my dad for a job because they were working and I was bored. And so I have literally not worked from the age of five um, on. But I learned hard work. And it's interesting, my dad, my dad is, some people would call him cheap. (laughs) Uh, Frugal to a fault. But it's paid off for him. I mean, he's a farmer in Wisconsin and millionaire. Like, he's done very well for himself. And he, with me, it was different. Like, he'd bring me in and talk numbers with me. He'd talk business opportunities with me and tell me why he was going to do something versus not. But he was also very bipolar in the sense of he He was an entrepreneur but he wanted me to go get the safe job go to go work for corporate go work for you know and i was like when when i got when i graduated and got a job at accenture i was like wait a minute like you guys get holidays off like what you don't work on christmas like it was crazy to me and so long story short i started going to school at night to get my realtor's license because i'm like well i'll start investing i read rich dad poor dad and i'm like well i'm not gonna leave corporate america but i'll start owning and I'm going to figure out how to own, and that's that's how my journey started. And then I I started doing real estate in Arizona, and then moved to Texas. Long story there for a boy. Uh, it's always because of a boy. You know, it's always a boy. But even at 27, I was living between here and Arizona, or yeah, here in Arizona. So I'd spend two months there, two months here. Had two houses, like, and just managing that because I was still doing the investing over there, and um. Then what ended up happening was my hu- my husband at the time, we were dating, and he was getting a Ph.D. in psychology. And so, <laughs> yeah, that's a, I, that's a whole other Are you podcast. Are trying to find out what was wrong with him? <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other podcast for a whole other time. Uh, but anyway, he I had moved here, and he, he it was summertime, and he's like, you know, I— And I said, I I won't be your sugar mama. If you would have gotten a job prior to me moving here, you need to get a job. Like, I'm not going to fully support you. I know you're in school, but I just can't do that. We weren't married yet either. So he went to Sears and he went to the mall at Sears. We were living in Frisco and he came home and he's like, you can't make me go back there. Like, that is the worst thing in the world. I hate it so much. And so we had... If you knew me, you knew my dog Baxter, my life was Baxter, he was a rescue. And I would never, I had this great group of friends in Arizona. He'd go to stay at their house, their dog would stay at our house with this little thing. Well, when I moved here, we didn't have that. And so, and then I had a second dog who was psychotic, loved her to death, but she was psychotic. And so I'm like, well, what am I gonna do with the dogs? And we kind of started researching and I found the world of pet sitting. And I told Michael, I'm like, well, why don't we for the summer, like, well, just get some pet sitting jobs and we'll start there. Well, we walk, I helped him walk flyers to the neighborhood. I was working from home so I could help him juggle. Long story short, that was not a summer gig, and it blew up. Uh, and I literally Googled my whole way through the business. Uh, how do I build a website? How do I advertise? Started learning Google ads, started learning this. About a year in, um, this girl had found us through some advertising I had done, and her name was Erin, too. And she's like, I love what you guys are doing. Can I work for you? I'm like, oh, yes, yes, we need help. This is fantastic. Came home, Googled, how do I hire an employee? I mean, it was seriously like that. And by the time we were four years in, I had bought out two of our competitors. Uh, I had 12 full-time employees working for me. We had a pretty good area of, um, the Frisco prosper Plano area there. We were trying to expand throughout DFW and figuring out that, um, I had another girl who was a client of ours come to us and be like, can I run this for you? You know, I, I'm, I'm an accountant, I just lost my job, I don't wanna go back to accounting. I'm like, yes, this is great. And so I slowly learned to build myself out of the business. At first I was in the middle of it all the time, couldn't not let a customer not touch me some way, somehow. And then what was beautiful, by the time I sold it uh, five years later, I didn't even know half our clients. And that's really where I was like, this is what entrepreneurship is, where I'm not in the day-to-day. I can go away on vacations for two to three weeks and everything doesn't fall apart. And so that was really where things started. And then I started another business from there, sold that, uh, always were doing real estate too. And then it. I ended up doing events and then that's what led me to podcasting. I had been podcasting since 2013 and we just saw this opportunity of, Really, the tech side, the corporate side, and my business partner and I were doing a, a actual podcast, and then we started getting approached by people. Hey, could you do ours for us? Uh, and then we, you know, started the partnership. We're, we're recording out of City Central, where we run their studio. So it's all—it's a very curvy road with lots of forks and lots of uh, randomness, but it all comes together on a journey. So,
1: man, so you said a couple yeah. of things. I want to tear apart here real quick. that yeah. Just. So right before we started recording, I was telling you that, you know, so I've got this large real estate fund deal Mm -hmm. that I've been working on. And one of the key components is maintenance. Yeah. And one of the the challenges about hiring talent is sometimes we want it for them more than they want it for them.
0: (sighs) Yes. Right? I love to throw a favor to people. God, Uh. I
1: love it. And (laughs) especially, and Laura even told me, so we were, we were um, twice a year, we got this campground we go to out in Colorado. It's about an hour and a half from our house in Bogosa. And um, anyway, and it's a good place for us to go to recollect, get away from electronics, just kind of decompress a little bit so that way you can open up that bandwidth to start thinking through things. And she says, you know, she goes, your blessing and your curses, your blessing is, is you want things for people. The curse is sometimes you want it for people that don't want it for themselves. And it doesn't make them bad people. I mean, they're good people. And, um, so recently, you know, um, this individual who I've been investing a lot of time in and I had been telling this person, look, by the time we get to the end or mid August I'm gonna need you full-time for yeah. us to scale you're gonna to have to be full-time and so I kept pressure and pressure and pressure and saying hey man you're gonna to have to make a decision and then he made his decision I was a little disappointed that after a year and a half he made that decision through an email instead of picking up the phone and calling me and saying hey I don't think this is the direction I want to go in you know um, good luck I can stick around and help you till you figure out your next steps right but when one door closes another door Opens, yeah, right, and and I was because I wanted it for him so bad. I mean, we're talking, man. I can help you build a multi-multi-million-dollar maintenance company, and as we saw, David Hargrave, who was here, I mean, he built his and sold fifty-one percent of the interest for hundreds of millions of dollars, right? But hey, look, we can't be in the convincing business. So that door closing opened it up to now. I've got some Marine Corps buddies that hey, we'd be interested in doing this. So as we were going through the conversations is um, something you said that's absolutely key that I think people miss this in business every time is, and I was articulating it to both these Marine Corps buddies of mine, um, is the day the business doesn't need you is the day the business is worth even more.
0: It's huge, and it's right. It's the hardest place to get to because you just—it's like an ego thing, right? You don't at first you don't want it to run. with you you're, you you want to be needed, like, mm-hmm. and that's what I you know I wanted to to feel this. Like, I guess you don't want to be invaluable, or right, or you you want to have value. You you want that like where it's needed, but it's that huge release when you realize like I don't I don't want to be in the day to day. I don't want to be needed that badly i want to hire the right people that can run with this and go on like i just hired this one girl to help me and i gave her a direction oh my god she came back with something i could never have come up with right Mm -hmm. it was like i just said go here and she's like okay well i went here and i have this whole system of how i'm finding people for you and da 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 i'm like and that to me is like that beautiful time where you're like, I don't have to micromanage you. You you are doing better than I could have done had I tried to micromanage you into this type of deal. And um, you've got to let go of your ego, though. That's for me. That was the biggest thing. Like I just it
1: is yeah right. It, it is huge because we are our own worst enemy. Business gets complicated when we complicate it, right? hundred percent. And like when I was explaining, these Rainbow buddies mind is, I said, look, here's the stages of this business. The first six months, you're swinging a hammer. At the six-month mark, you hire your first person. At the 12-month mark, you should have hired enough people. You're no longer touching a hammer. You're now a GM. Right. Because you don't have enough people to call yourself a CEO. Yeah. Then you grow the business over the next 12 months where now you elevate from being a GM to the president of the company. And then 12 months later, you hire someone to be the president for you while you clip a coupon. And then at some point you go, hey, time to sell, time for me to go. I don't really have to do anything, and I can go utilize this capital to either retire or go do something else oh, yeah. or whichever. And, and I said, that's, that's really the stages that you, you, you want to because there's something that is very much a relief in it, right? So, like, when I started Caltown Warriors in 2013, um, we had a lot of help from Metroplex Marines over in Dallas, and I was watching these, you know, retired Marines, colonels, good humans that just wanted to help out other vets, But the organization revolved around them, right? So what happens if you get hit by a truck or you decide you don't want to do anything anymore? The organization stops. So I watched them and watched they were just being put through so much, right, that I thought, no, the goal is, is that by year three, I'm no longer the president of the organization I started. And then by year five, I am making my transition out of the organization needing me. And then, sure enough, by, I think it was like year six or seven, I was completely out. I was off yeah. the board and everything else. And people asked me, like, man, don't you love it? And I was like, man, I, I do love it. That's the reason I want to do it, because I want it to survive without ever needing me. That actually the biggest honor I could ever get is if somebody said, hey, how could we honor you? as be like, hey, if, if Cowtown Warriors is blowing it out the doors doing incredible, helping vets, and it's created a playbook that is replicated in other major cities. And someone goes, how did this all get started? And someone goes, oh, Jeremy Spann. And the response is, who's that? That is what would give me a warm and fuzzy because it means I actually got to build something that no longer needs me. It's kind of like this. is yes. We want our kids to need us. And, and Maggie, I love you. <laughs> I love you. Margaret Elizabeth, yeah. I love you so much. But at a certain point, we're like, I love you, but I want you to not need me anymore. I want you to be able to survive. So recently, so Maggie went through, as you and I talked, some transitions of sophomore year in college in Fort Collins. And then um, it was like, okay, well, if you're not gonna go to school, you need to get a job. So she got a job, didn't really like the job, but now she's managed to pay rent three months in a row without us asking or needing our help that's a huge, that's huge. milestone yeah. and then so she called me last night she was her first day she just gotten a job working at walmart which i was like hey you know i'm happy for you yeah. if you're if you're excited to work at walmart it's great and she was like wow the difference between the other company i work for and walmart is walmart's a lot more organized there's systems there's practices the other one's kind of flying by the seat of their pants whereas at walmart managers are on training programs the other one it was like hey you can fog a mirror and you showed up today you're the manager and there's so there's a lot more consistency and continuity to it is seeing her growth and hearing her talk about it. And I was like, man, that's great. And she's like, yeah, I made a hundred bucks today. And I was like, what? I was like, how much you make it an hour? And she goes, 17 bucks an hour. And I was like, that's more an hour than I made when I started as a police officer back in 1997. Yeah. Like, what? Like, that's like three or four bucks an hour more than what I was making. Yeah. But good for her. But, but it is that fly from the nest in, and because, Then it just frees up for you either to focus on scaling something or to go, yeah, I'm ready to let it go and go start something else. Well, and that's what I
0: found as I think it's a blessing and a curse. God bless it. It makes me happy. But you get a ton of other business ideas and business opportunities come and other things come. And I'm just not wired to do the same thing for 40 years. That's just not how I am. And I love to try new things. I love to say, I went all in. Either it was a a success, or but I did it. And I like my goal is always, if I'm on my deathbed, that's how I make. Like there's been things that I've done, like doing the the large event I did for three years. It was I knew if I was on my deathbed, I was terrified to do it. I knew there's so much I didn't know how to do, but I knew if I looked back at that moment and said you could have stepped forward and did done this, or you didn't, I would regret forever not doing it. So that's like my barometer. Like if I'm about, if I'm on my deathbed and I look back at this moment. Well, I have regret, and if I know I will, I have to do it. But it—it's that opportunity. You learn things, and how can I take what I've learned and apply it to something else? And—and and yeah, to—to to walk away, it is pretty cool. The businesses I've—I've I've started are still going to this day. And you're right; nobody has any idea who I am anymore in those. Even mm-hmm. though that was my baby, and I was the name, and I was everything for a while. But it, there is no greater feeling than that—to be able to look back and be like, "All right, now I get to do and." Sometimes I do have regret though, because it was really nice just sitting back. <laughs> and then I start over. I'm like, why? why? do I want to start over? Why? Again? why do
1: I want to be a masochist and yes. go do this all over? But yeah. So you 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 said a key thing though is a, a lot of times the disconnect is getting over that ego, right? Yes. So what? Let's 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 uh, let's dive into that one. So what what happened in your evolving that said. Hey, um, if this thing's going to be successful, I need to release my ego out of this to go do that. Like, was it was there a defining moment? Was there multiple moments or what What, what yeah, kind of led you? To I think that? it was
0: time, ta- like just time from a perspective of I didn't want to have to be running all over. Like I wanted to be able to hand those reins off. I, I was getting exhausted. Right. And so it was like, I need to be able to hand this off where I don't have to be there. there and, and hiring competent people, I think, is really important. Like, I knew, I, God, I could tell you stories of real estate. I had a house out in Arizona where I was trying, like, I had such freaking incompetent realtors dealing with the sale of this house. And I'm like, I have to fly out to Arizona just to hit. Like, I get, I'm a control freak. And I get really frustrated with people who are not competent. Like, oh, my God, it's it drives me insane But when you've got those people in place that can do your job better than you, like Gage in the back, like I have got to stay the heck out of the tech. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I will make his job worse by trying to meddle. Right. And that was when I realized that with the, you know, Renee was her name who was trying to run the it's like I'm meddling and I'm going to make this worse by being a part of it. And I just I need some time like, to focus on other things of running the business and doing stuff because I'm really exhausted and I don't need to be at every client meeting. I don't need to be at every uh, employee meeting. I don't need to be there. She's perfectly capable of doing that, but she was very competent. And when you hire those right competent people, um, I think it is easier to let go of the reins.
1: Yeah, so it was interesting. So a Marine Corps buddy of mine it was up seeing me and and we were talking through all this because I was like, look, man, if you want to go and do this, I just need an answer by Saturday. Yeah. And you'll blow the doors off of it. And I got another Marine Corps buddy of mine that was like, Hey, if he says no, I'm in right. Yeah. Like, you know, and actually if both of them came together. It'd be great. Cause they both know each other. Both have one strengths is the other one's weaknesses. And the other one's strengths is the other one's weaknesses, you know, very much designed like Laura and I. And, and what I was explaining to him is I said, look, he was like, man, you're, you're slaying it in real estate. And he was like, man, you've been number one in Sotheby's, you know, three years in a row, probably coming on a fourth year in a row. And, You've got this investment strategy and he's like, man, you're just great at what you do. And I was like, actually, I'm only good at 10 percent of it. Yeah. And so Chris was like, what? What do you what do you mean you're only good at 10 percent of it? And I says, no, I mean, look, 90 percent of this. I am really I can do it. Yeah. I'm not great at it. But the 10 percent I am good at, I am scary good at. I know how to look and financially Analyze assets, yeah, I know how to drive business, I know how to demonstrate value that creates avenues where investors are like, "Wow, so you not only said it, you went and proved it here's the bank statements that validate what you've done that's what I'm good at, yeah, so when people come to me and are just like, "Hey, so I want you to sell my house, I want you to help me buy a house, I want you to help me do both." And I go, cool, here's our process. We're going to do a culture index so we see how to communicate with you better. Yeah. We're going to put you on a Zoom so you can meet the team that's going to serve you. And it's like, oh, I thought you were going to show me that. So, oh, you really don't, you really don't <laughs> want me to because you really want Michelle or James because guess what? They, they see things in houses that I don't care about. Yeah. And it's not that I don't care because you care about it. It's just that that's not my strength, right, where they yeah. see it and they're just like, hey, here's some things that might be important. Kind of like the 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 paperwork side, the administrative side of it. Like, and by the way, Michelle loves to go show houses, right? Yeah. She loves seeing that excitement in people. I, I, for me, I'm like, hey, uh, yeah, so we're on yeah. our, we're going to we'll our drive fourth? over there. You yeah. sure you don't want one of the first three we saw? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, hey, I got, I got things to go do. Yeah. And then here's Lynn, who absolutely thrives and loves doing the transaction side of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like she actually likes it. She geeks out on it. And I'm like, I don't even know where the documents are. And Laura, being the machine that she is, is great at compliance and saying, Hey, have we done this? Have we, you know, what are all these things? And so the 90% that I can do, but I'm not great at, I've hired people that are not only great at it, but they enjoy it. Yeah. Which leaves me to turn the 10% that I'm scary good at into a superpower. Yeah. Right? Agreed. And then that allows me to just keep going forward and keep going forward. And, and so I was explaining that to my buddy Chris as I said, look, I want you to think about this is in 2020, I turned down over $4 million worth of production, which a lot of people go, oh, my God, I can't believe you did that. And I was like, that's because you don't even do $4 million in production a year. I turned it down. They're like, oh, I'll think of the money you would have made. I'm like, well, I did do forty exactly in production and by the way i did half of that from my house in colorado that's crazy right that's awesome that's the proof yeah half of that volume up there because i can be more focused when i'm up there um i don't have everybody chipping at me pulling away so i'm explaining this to chris is because one of chris's objections to whether or not he'll consider this starting this business with me was well you know i mean just the proximity of where it's located. And I said, if you're doing this right, in twelve to eighteen, twenty-four months tops, you can be wherever you want to do this. Build a company that does not need you. Yeah. And then you can focus on scaling it. And by the way, that's when your company becomes worth more. Yeah. But so many people, they just don't yeah. Yeah. They just don't see that in front of them. Right.
0: I think another key though too, like you mentioned is and I've really made this a philosophy in the first company was not all money is good money. And I love that you I love that you do that client index and say mm-hmm. we're not good because I think you really build a great uh, culture. And a like I was very and I'll say the girls, all my all the girls on my first they were all girl all women. Mm-hmm. I was very protective of them. And it was like you I was mama bear. And but we have this trust like I will protect you, you you I need to trust you. Right. And once that trust is broken, they had they had to go. Um, but because of that, there were clients that we would bring up that I'm like, this is a bad situation or they're not respecting you as a sitter. I remember one woman like said, well, I don't want her. She's trash. And I'm like, she's not. No, like, sorry, we're not going to take your money. But because of that, I created an environment that they really loved the clients they work for and that they enjoyed and they knew I had their back. And I've just, we, you know, we, we've we had a couple clients even here on the, the where I will never make you happy. Like I could move mountains for you and you would find something wrong with the mm-hmm. way I moved them or whatever. And I will not put the people that work for this company through that nightmare of working with you. And I just I don't want your money. It's not worth it to me. It's not worth the sleepless nights we're going to have or. Dealing with your crazy – like, it's just not worth it to me. And by doing that, though, I think it's been really important. And I know that's – I think what makes you really successful, too, is you are totally fine with saying, I don't want that sale. You no. could be millions, okay. and you'd be like, it's not worth it.
1: I heard a funny one, and I don't know where I heard it. Maybe it was on the radio. Maybe it was listening to another podcast. Maybe it was one of my guests. I don't remember. But it said, just some people, you could give them a pot of gold, and they still complain that it's too heavy to carry. A hundred percent, yes. And, 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 and that's why – like with our process is really to help disqualify someone that's not going to be a fit for us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I don't want them beating up my team. Now, do we have a few that slide through, still make it through? Absolutely. We've had some this past summer. The ones you wouldn't expect to be the biggest, largest pains yeah. in our ass of like, oh my gosh, like you require so much maintenance that yes. you could have your full-time maintenance team that still not keep you happy and you're just like, man, I, I I can't I can't control your happiness, right? No, it's a beating. What I can do is I can control our process. Mm-hmm. I can control what the value. And so like when Chris and I were sitting there and he's like, Well, you know, I mean, starting a maintenance company. I mean, I I don't really know the first thing about being a handy man. And I was like, Can you fix a hole in the wall? And he's like, Yeah. I was like, Can you paint that wall? He goes, Yeah. And I was like, can you replace a toilet if you need to replace a toilet? And he's like, Yeah. And I was like, Guess what? You're a handyman, baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I said, Look, there's nothing sexy about a maintenance company, but I said, you're, That's just the vessel. Yeah. Right? You're in the people business. You're in the trust business. Like you just said, you're in the trust business. It's like when people come in and they learn that I'm not actually passionate about real estate itself. Yeah. It's the vessel. What I am passionate about. Is driving value for my clients. Yeah, unlocking value, right? When I get to have a client that trusts me, and I said, "Hey, you should buy this house," and I'm going to negotiate it really, really good for you. Listed it at a million fifty, I get it for him for nine ten. Eighteen months later, he sells it for one point four. Pretty, pretty good, pretty yeah. good return, right? Yeah. And and that's the kind of things I like to do. Or, hey, I was going to be really stressed this process and even though I was still stressed, you made it less stressful because of your process, right? And it's having those trusted folks is that's what I was explaining to my buddies. I said, listen, maintenance is just a vessel. You're creating a trusted company that people are going to let you into their home to do the skill sets that they don't want to do. And by the way, if it's that much more involved, we're gonna call a licensed professional. Like if you get in there and it's like, hey, I gotta switch out the light switch cover. Great. Oh, hey, the electricity doesn't work. Well, that's when we call an electrician. Right. Or you're in there and you're like, yeah, I can replace the sink faucet, but the plumbing's not working. We call the plumber. Right. Yeah. Hey, I'm changing the air filter in a HVAC, but it's not blowing cold air. We call it the HVAC folks. Right. Yeah. So, so and it is. This is about you're in the people business and that is hard and you said it earlier is like on competency right mm-hmm. like i don't want to say that people are born dumb but man they sure work hard to prove you wrong right yeah,
0: and i just feel like I, sometimes this is to a fault so this is how i don't want to let people down and so i will do whatever i need to do to make that happen and i don't feel like a lot of people have that urgency as much yeah. like perfect example when we tried to record it record this why a few weeks ago yeah. we got here compute it was completely out of my control K- got here the computers crashed it's a brand new computer it wrenched at me and i swear to god i had nightmares <laughs> i was telling totally gage for the past couple of weeks where you got here and like something was broken and i mean i must have tested things 50 times before you got here because I'm like, I can't let them down again. You know what I mean? And it's that drive where sometimes it's to a fault where I may not sleep at night trying to make sure everything's good. But I don't know. I feel like more people at least have to be somewhere in the middle where they really do care and they, do, they yeah. don't they do want to let people down. And I just had like the one realtor that I was talking about in Arizona. I was, it, it was such a crazy, but we were going to sell the house and it was not selling. And so I'm like, you know what? I can't keep bleeding money. It had been, like a year and I'm like let's just try to rent it well she didn't want to rent it because she didn't make the money on it right so I was trying to find renters and she's like I'm gonna do an open house I said okay I've got people coming in to look at the house when you're there tell me when you're gonna be there they're gonna be there I'm flying I land the people that are supposed to be there they're like we got there and nobody was there so I called the realtor I'm like where were you like they were supposed to come and look at this house and she's like it was raining <laughs> I'm like it was <laughs> <laughs> what like it, it's like can't you like you, you let me down like I had somebody there coming like all I did all the work you had to be there when you were supposed to be there that's all you had to do but again I just feel like people they just have their own agenda and if you know even if I give like if I give you my word my word is everything like I will do whatever I need to to fulfill that and I just feel it's kind of a lost art um, you know, if something better comes along. They'll go. They'll go do it. Doesn't matter about their word. And I just, it really, it, like I said, I probably take it to an extreme. However, it just, it breaks my heart that so many people are like, well, you know, uh, yeah, I know it's my word, but I got to do something else. Or there's just not a drive to fulfill an agreement. You know what so I mean?
1: So there's a, a saying, and, and and actually a friend of mine, Troy Conkle, says that I am the king of one-liners right yeah i would agree uh, with that and uh and one of my sayings is you can't change stripes on a tiger and then i had one smart ass one time go oh yeah well you could you could dye their hair and i'd be like yeah and you would die in the process cuz they would maul you <laughs> yeah. unless you trained them yeah exactly right? is um but when somebody has shown consistency yeah. and continuity to who they are that yeah. agent not showing up cuz it was raining i guarantee that wasn't the first time no an excuse like that right right whereas it's a matter of perspective so like going back to a month ago we were going to record a couple of episodes and you were mortified that the system wasn't working but here was my perspective hey wait a minute erin's done an incredible job she's never let me down she kills it every single time and this is something that's out Outside of our control, technology, yeah. these little devices, iPhones, and all uh, that. Guess what? There's a thing called shit happens. Yeah, and when it does, is that's why I was like, I was like, hey, I get it. Like, I'll make the phone calls. I'll start yeah. uh, canceling the folks that are coming and apologize. I said, man, I'll get you in here on the next set that we do. But I was like, Aaron didn't show up, and and it, and it didn't happen out of negligence. It right. just it happened it, because sometimes shit happens. Yeah. and I was like, okay, but she kills it every other time right i yeah i get it, it, it you know and it, but, cool but there's so yeah. many people that would just the cheese would slide off the cracker they would yeah. lose it and i'm like why are you why are you losing it right i mean look things happen you've never had anything go wrong in your life exactly i mean yeah. I'll, give you, I'll give you a prime example is um so you and i are high a people <laughs> <Yeah>. right <laughs> yeah. and which really gets in the way of our no better sometimes. Yeah. So <laughs> the house is Laura's still cracking up at this. This was a uh, Oh God, this is Sunday, I think. And I was filling the hummingbird feeders, right? So you boil water and you put sugar in it, you fill them, and we like the hummingbirds, right? You know, it's cool. Birds, we got yeah. all the wildlife up there, the bears, the everything. And and so um the one on the front patio was just an inch too high for my six foot long <laughs> body to reach. Where making sense would have been like, hey, I need to go get a step stool and I can hang this up. But instead, I'm like, I can make it. And I'm trying to get it on the hook, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and I'm spilling sugar water all over me, which means I'm sticky. I got to go take another shower. And I'm tired. I'm frustrated. And let me tell you, there was a lot of four-letter adjective words yeah. that were pouring out of my mouth. Laura comes in, and she's like, what the hell is going on? I was like, I can't get this damn hummingbird feeder on there. And she's like, well, hey, knuckle nuts, why don't you just go down and get a step stool literally 30 feet from yeah. you and step on it. But it was just that I, that driving. I don't know why I felt I could do it. But it was funny. As Laura, she starts laughing. I'm like, what's so funny? And she goes, because that's who you are. Yeah, You believe that you can do something until— Finally, either sheer exhaustion or you died doing it, jumps in, and she goes, she goes, I'm laughing not because of how dumb this looks right now. She goes, that's just how you watch. You're, you're yeah. going to make things happen no matter what. And she goes, it's both your blessing.
0: Yeah, and a curse.
1: And a curse. Yeah. And so, so what are some blessings and curses of you being an entrepreneur? Let's open that kimono. You know,
0: yeah. So actually, so this would go, and I'll I'll steal your, th- <laughs> I'll steal your thunder a little bit just because I know your freaking show. But it's like even that 21-year-old self question, you know, what you would bring. And the 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 curse to it. So the, the blessing is I, I can do anything. Like, honest to God, I truly believe you give me. And sometimes it's, it's a curse because I'm like, why aren't these people doing this? Like, you can figure it out, and I will make stuff happen. It's a blessing from that perspective. It's a curse, though, because to your point, I am so obsessed with that end result. And I am so obsessed with making that happen that when people would tell me, like, enjoy the process, I'd want to punch them in the face. (laughs) I'm like, F you. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm supposed to enjoy this. Like, that's ridiculous. How? Exactly. (laughs) But the problem was I'd get to that end result and I'd be able to check off the mark. But that wasn't satisfying. It was just like okay on to the next thing like i've i've accomplished so many goals in my life but i was so focused on the end goal that i didn't enjoy the process i was so focused on controlling that thing to happen that it like there like when i did the entrepreneur summit it was this event i was going to bring to people together help them grow their business it was just like a passion project second year i had robert Hershebeck of shark tank like i called his people i'm like people were like, oh my God, like it was just this great moment, but it was so stressful up until that point. And I I did enjoy it, but looking back on it, I'm like, wow, like I never looked back to be like, holy crap, like you built that, Aaron, like feel that, enjoy that. You know what I mean? It was just like, okay, I'm really tired. (laughs) Like I'm really exhausted from making this happen. What's next? Mm -hmm. And so there are just so many more moments where, I I wish and I'm really learning and it's it's not easy to really sit back and enjoy those moments while they're happening. Enjoy the process, because I really the magic is in the process. Right. Like there is magic to being great at something and learning and digging and making that happen. And and the outcome will come. It'll happen. But loosening that control of the outcome and really being in that moment and enjoying the process Has been something I I I have to work on because it's a curse. It's a hundred percent curse um, from the good side
1: too. Yeah, no, and you're, man. It's it's the grind. I think, yeah, folks like yourself and myself. It's not the process; it's the grind that we're attracted to, right? So, I hosted a retreat for my EO Forum, Entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. Organization Forum, where uh, we were having a retreat a couple weeks ago at my house. Up of a Colorado, and the twenty-one days leading up to that, because things have been firing off on all the engines on this fund deal, I had sixty hours sleep in a period of twenty-one days. Right? Not a lot of sleep. Yeah. No. You're right. Doing the math quick, but yeah, it, no. Yeah, it, not a lot, and no. I was exhausted. And and Laura's looking at me, going, "Hey, this is not normal human activity." Yeah. To the point of, so we were. Going to our campground site last Thursday, and I decided on Wednesday that we were going to write 20 contracts. And I'm pushing the team hard because that's what I do is I push, right? Because to me, it's the grind, right? It's the grinding it out. And then she, my wife is, I've only ever seen her cry five times in our entire marriage. And that day was one of them. And she just goes, you're not human. Normal (laughs) people don't do this. She was like, you're gonna murder the rest of us because we're not gonna give up on you, but you're not gonna stop. Yeah. We gotta figure something out." And I was like, ah, oh, yeah. I mean, just it's that, that constant grind. And, uh, and actually bringing up Laura gives me a good segue. I'm gonna throw a landmine out there. You can choose whether or not to step on this landmine. <laughs> but um, I've got a house full of females, right? right. Well, I mean, my daughter's off at of college, my wife. Our cat is female. Our dog is female. Our past dog was female. And we had a guinea pig. It was female. Um, so I'm very pro-woman, right? Yeah. You know, And, and one, I, I, I would not be the success I am today without Laura Spann. Yeah. Right? She is the yin to my yang. She is the strengths to my weaknesses. She is just—she's the, she's the glue that keeps me from self-destructing, right? right? Uh, because I am wired— to just go through walls. And, um, and one of the very frustrating things that I've experienced over the last five years, and, uh, and I get it, look, uh, you know, there's a lot of biases and genders and politics and all of that, and I get all that. But one of my most frustrating things of watching is she can call a certain client, that will blow her off, but when I call them, they'll do it. And you can tell it's yeah, because of one thing and one thing only, she's female. Yeah. And it pisses her off,
0: mm-hmm. as
1: it should, yeah, because really she's the brains behind this operation. Like I said, I'm only good at 10% of what we're doing. Right. It is her and the rest of the team that's good at yeah. the other 90% of it. And I get really frustrated. Like I remember one time, uh, this is— Couple of houses ago, we were buying it because we, you know, we like to go buy a house, renovate it. We had an HVAC guy there, don't remember the guy's name. And literally Laura would ask him a question and he would look at me and answer, and I thought the I thought she was gonna explode for good reason. Yeah. And she said, I just don't understand why somebody just can't give me enough credibility for being really good. She goes, especially since when it comes to this real estate thing, she's been doing it five times longer than I have. She's got a law degree. She owned her own real estate company. She's forgotten more about real estate than I'll ever learn. Yet, because of these gender biases that we run into, it is a reality. Hey, look, I'm not trying to bring in some uncomfortable conversation. This is exactly it. That's why I'm fascinated when I get to engage with someone of the opposite sex that – doesn't allow that to be a barrier yeah. for success. So the landmine I'm throwing out there is yeah. you haven't allowed it to be a barrier, but I'm pretty certain and assuming, which we should yeah. never assume, that you've probably experienced that at a time, two or 20? Yeah.
0: yeah, No, and I, I credit to my dad. My dad never – I was kind of the boy uh, in a way. I was the athletic one. I played basketball for a really long time. Um, I was – he just never treated me like you're a girl, therefore you're different or you can't. Or in fact, he would get really like he'd want me to play against the boys. He'd want me to play like just to prove I could beat him. So there was never that like I never grew up thinking I was different. Um, and honestly, there were times there weren't a lot of times where I came up. But the, when I did the summit, a lot of people were like, that's so cute. Who's funding it? And I'd be like, Aaron, <laughs> 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 they would just be like. Well, who's doing this? I'm like me, what? and it was just this. They couldn't believe that I actually had the money to do it, or was doing it without the help of somebody. And there was this—I won't say names—but there was this very prominent person in the entrepreneur world in Dallas. And they'd be like, "Well, did he give his blessing?" I'm like, "No. Like I'm—I don't need his blessing to do this." So that was one of the 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 times. And and sometimes you do have to play the politics. Like there was a situation. Um, where we were actually gonna buy a business out in Maui. We were out there in just this past February tr- negotiating the deal. And the guys that were selling it, they were, <laughs> I say this lovingly, but they're 60 year old Bostonite who moved out to Maui and started. I mean, you, I, that's really all you need to know. And it was funny because I was gonna be the one writing the checks, I was gonna be the one running the business, I was gonna be the one doing everything, but they only talked to my husband about it, right? Like it was, and it was just that assumption. And at that point, it's like, I'm not going to come in and start because I knew me coming in and being like you guys talk to me I'm mm-hmm. the w-. I knew that was probably going to kill the deal for sure. And so it was just like all right, play the politics. They can talk to JJ, they can do whatever they need to do and when this, you know, all goes over, I'll I'll be the one running it. But you just kind of have to sit back and roll your eyes and play the game, you know, at, at at times, but um I don't know, I've just never let it be like a a a place where, in fact, if you treat me, I will. Pr- I. It's just more fuel for my fire.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. And like with my daughter, I mean, she's twenty. She's coming up on twenty-one. Yeah. You know, she's got this job at Walmart. She's trying to be. She's always been very independent. Yeah. As it is, and I've always promoted that. Yeah. You know, because I, I tell her from a very young age is like, look, and I, I'm gonna try to not make this a total political landmine <laughs> to step on because I hate it. You're doing fine so far. So, right. Yeah. Uh, I, I hate it when people go, well, like for, for me, example, they go, well, you got everything you got because you're white, heterosexual Christian male.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm like, really? So mean that because I couldn't read till I was almost 19 years old, dropped out of high school, put myself through junior college, earned a full academic scholarship, TCU, later went back to TCU to get an MBA, built businesses, did all that because everything was handed to me. No, I had to work a lot harder. So I I really get annoyed when people try to throw that card at me like, hey, man, you're white male. Of course this happens for you. No, hey, guess what? Worked really, really hard. But you do have to acknowledge when there are challenges that I've not had to deal with. So, for example, with my daughter, I, I've, I've said, look, there are going to be people that are going to discount you because you're not male, yeah. right? And I said, but don't let that be your crutch. Right. Don't, you know, look, if you believe what someone's opinion is of you, that's your fault. Yeah. Right? Right. They're going to do it. You don't have to accept it. Right. As you've heard on many of my episodes, the biggest liar in the room is the one in the mirror. But the person in the mirror is the only person that can tell you you can't do something. Does it mean that you might have to work harder? Does it mean you might have to overcome some other challenges? Guess what? Dropping out of high school and not knowing how to read doesn't exactly make for an easy path in life. (laughs) Right? Right. Right. so it's like, look, you're going to have challenges. Everybody's going to have challenges regardless of your gender, your color, your the religious beliefs or whatever right. else. There's always going to be some sort of barrier that's in front of you because of whatever reason or not. You've just got to choose, am I going to let that barrier exist or am I going to go right through the center of that thing and show people something different? Right. And so watching Maggie evolve – into that right like uh she's got a new boyfriend now which i was so excited for uh mainly because her last boyfriend wasn't a bad human but he was just someone i really (laughs) wanted to choke out um and and and, but to hear her go wow you know difference between boyfriend a and boyfriend b is boyfriend a tried to control me boyfriend a tried to tell me what i could have couldn't do and she's pretty much running the show yeah. with boyfriend B, right? <laughs> and, you know, but she got that confidence because she got beat up enough, and I don't mean like physical right, abuse, right, right, right. mental abuse. I mean the kid wasn't abusive towards her, but she just she had had enough where she was like, you know what? uh yeah, I'm not gonna do. Hey, look, this is who I am, right? Yeah, and this is what I'm gonna go do. And she made that decision, but more importantly, is she made that decision for her. As much as I wanted to make it for her, I knew I couldn't. That's the hard part about being a parent. I mean, you've got two kids, right? Two, yes. How old now? Boy and girl, eight and nine. Eight and nine. Girls oldest, right?
0: Boys oldest. Boys boys oldest.
1: And and that's hard because you want to do it for them, but you realize, you know, it's kind of like it says out of the Bible, right? Teach someone to get someone to fish. You'll feed them for a day. Teach them how to fish. They'll feed themselves forever, right? Yeah. And, and and that is and it's so hard because you got to let folks go through those learning opportunities yes. and it was because you know I'm not going to say that at one point with boyfriend A I didn't have him meet me at defender outdoors to have a talk in a conference room when I told him meet me at my conference room and it just happened to be at defender outdoors that I didn't intentionally <laughs> do that or right. anything yes I did and I enjoyed every second of it. <laughs> when he started crying is when I – it's probably when Laura <laughs> accused me of not having any empathy that I should have felt bad. And that's the when I realized I far. had no empathy whatsoever. <laughs> I was like, that little son of a bitch is crying. Hell, yeah. <laughs> so, But point yeah. being is no matter who you are, no matter right. what gender you are, what color you are, what sexual orientation, political party, whatever, you're going to have barriers because guess what not everybody is in your fan club base right right it's kind of like this i can't for the life of me process why somebody would ever want to run for president because the Mm -hmm. second you get elected it is automatic that half the country hates you yes right And, and and so so it's just like, why, why, why would you want to go do that? Because the reality is, it's not everybody's in your fan club, right? Right. And you have to just sit there and decide, hey, wait a minute. Am I going to let other people tell me what I can and can't do? Like, I would not be where I'm at today if I believed the realities of other people's perception of me. Yeah. Right? When they told me, oh, well, you're a dumbass for trying that, or that can't be done, or what are you thinking? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Until one of my favorite quotes, quotes, another one-liner comes out is, hey, hustle till haters ask if you're hiring. <laughs> then their tune changes. Yeah. Right? Or or this is my favorite. Man, you're, you're slaying it in real estate. I'm going to come do exactly what you do. And I'm like, really? Game on. i would like, knock yourself yeah. out. Do you like getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning? Do you like working until 8 o'clock at night? Do you like working seven days a week? Yeah. Do you like making the grind? Do you like dealing with all these things that come with it? Do you really want to do it? And one of my one of my favorite man, if this guy can't motivate you, then there is something inherently wrong with you. Is um, th- this guy used to be one of the strongest human beings on the planet? CT Fletcher, I don't know right? Him. Yeah. Uh, play you—it's uh, his his five minute clip is completely inappropriate for this show, which you know <laughs> which it's got to be—that's got to be
0: really—it's got to be really bad, be really
1: bad <laughs> if I say it's inappropriate for the show. But he just sits there and says, look, there's only one first place. Right. There's only one pedestal. And that top spot is mine. Yeah. Right? You can fight over second and third and over the scraps, but this top spot is mine. Right. Right? You want to, I wish, I wish, blow out birthday candles on a cake, throw a dime in a wishing well. No, that is not how it works. You get up, you look at yourself in the mirror, and you go, okay. Time to to tell the truth. Yeah. What are my barriers? What am I in control of? What am I not in control of that I'm going to have to figure out a strategy to excel past it? And and the reason I say this is your business of how you do this in the podcast world just absolutely demonstrates. I get goosebumps thinking about it, of how you learned... What my barriers were. Right. And you didn't learn it by making assumptions. You learned it by asking me a bunch of questions. And then, and you didn't steer me, right? Right. I mean, you weren't here to tell me going, you were just gathering, gathering, gathering. And then you said, hey, I've gathered, I've analyzed. This is what I came up with. What do you think? And I was sitting here, I was in awe when you when you had told me that, I was up in my house in Pagosa, remember I was sitting out I on the patio that, yeah. and I was totally yeah. doing that. That was a totally dick move, right? With the mountains in the background, <laughs> like in the the yeah, of let's, summer, let's yeah. talk about yeah. all this, right? And and but um but when you said that, I was like, you know, Aaron, I've been wanting to do a podcast for two years, and I had no idea that this is what I'm gonna go do. Yeah. That is your superpower. So what what do you what do you contribute? to giving you that magical power to draw that. I mean, look, it's not hard to get me talking, right? Right. (laughs) But you do that with everybody.
0: I I love to listen. I love learning about people and I love to listen. And I think just really understanding the having, I I kind of lack empathy in a lot of ways too, but I have a lot of empathy for the business owner and understanding you're about to spend some big money here how are we what are the things that we absolutely have to understand that this is going to be successful for you so i don't want you coming in here and spending money and your x amount of episodes in and just really disappointed in the process but in order to be able to do that we have to we have to understand how this all ties together how are, you know what is your big picture plan and so digging into those details to understand that and help put it together um because a lot of people, they really want to come to a podcast, but they just want to shoot the shit. Like, And they're just like, oh, I'm just going to bring my buddies in and we're just going to talk. And I'm like, okay, but why would somebody listen to that? And I think it's one of the biggest questions you have to ask is like, who's, who's going to listen to this and why? Why are they going to subscribe to your podcast? Why are they going to want to listen every week? And if it's this, I, I know there's, I'm sure there's episodes out there that somebody could show me to say, look at, they're successful and they just sit and shoot. Uh, I'm sure maybe they are. However, the formula is not that typically. It's really about understanding your audience and what are they going to get out of this? When they listen, what can we – when they hit uh, play every week, every other – whatever it is, what are they going to get from it? And how can that be consistent? And then how is that going to tie? You know, for you, it was like, all right, you're – and it proved out. I remember you telling me the story of the guy that was listening, and he knew you before, but he's like, okay, you got got me. I'm going to – buy some more investment properties for you. That's exactly how it works by those people that that's your clientele. That's, those they're listening to this, getting stuff for their life. And they're turning that to say, all right, you know what, Jeremy, you sold me, I, I got to do this again. But it's really that, again, a tie of just really, I love asking questions. I love digging deep and understanding people and putting that all together, but also having that, that tie in to say, I know what you're about to do is not, Probably most people are comfortable with the check you're about to sign every, every month. But how do we make that so it is more comfortable for you? So it isn't a, eh, do I want to do this or another? For it's just a no-brainer.
1: I'm going to drop a big one here on the table. <laughs> okay. I have been so impressed by your organization that knowing what I know now, exactly a year later <laughs> from our first episode, <laughs> If I knew then what I know now, I'd be willing to pay double. Now, you know, Laura, the budget, you know, Laura, you know, Laura, the budget Nazi is, you know, she's going to be like, (laughs) God, thanks. Right. But no, I mean, look, if if you came to me and you said, hey, look, we're a year into this. We we need to raise this, you know, because guess what? There's inflation, there's costs, there's things that go along. If you came to me and said, hey, listen, I need to charge more. I, I wouldn't even blink right? yeah. Because the thing about successful people hanging out with each other is they want others to succeed. And it's like, hey, look, I, I to me, this is a, the value I get out of this is if you send a bigger invoice, send a bigger invoice. Cool, right? Yeah. I would just say, please warn Laura first, yeah. right? Yeah. Check <laughs> she, your email. she doesn't like surprises. <laughs> but but absolutely, I wouldn't even think about yeah. it because we got to a year. Because of what you've done with your organization that, as you said, 75% of these things have stopped recording six months ago, whereas we're we're on episode number 52, we're going into year two. Yeah. And I can't take credit for that. I really can't as much as I'd like to. I can't. I mean, I literally, that is all I do is I come in here and I sit down, I interview people, Y'all do all the other work. Yeah. That's why I like uh I I was telling you about the uh, the person that P me on LinkedIn scheduled a 15 minute call, had some podcast stuff, and I was like, hey, 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 hey that's that's not my wheelhouse. Yeah. You need to talk to Aaron. Or when it's social media, I'm like, you need to talk to Nate. Or when it's something in of the 90% in the real estate stuff. I'm like, you need to talk to Laura or Lynn yeah. or James or Michelle yeah. or whoever. Because I, I I want to only have trusted relationships that I've surrounded myself with that, hey, by the way. That's your talent. That's yeah. what you're good at, right? Um, I'm not here to haggle over what things cost. Just tell me what the bill is. I'll pay it, right? Right. And so, like, even, you know, going back to this maintenance company is I was sitting there explaining to this Marine Corps buddy of mine, and I was like, look, the, the way this works is you send me an invoice, and I pay it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, now, naturally, you need to learn how to price things correctly, right. you know? You don't charge five bucks for something that's a dollar, Right. You know, I get profit and all that, but I said it's yours to lose, right? And people that become short-sighted, of like, hey, maybe I could just push a little more to get mine to kind of screw the system a little bit. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. People can do that all the time, but the thing is, as soon as I'm aware of it, you're out. Yeah. Boom. You're 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 gone. And I'm like, so trust is something that. Is a two-way street where you look at someone and go, it's yours to lose. Right. Right? As long as you do it, like uh, um, my oldest friend, and I really want to get him in here, and it would be a hilarious episode. Francis, second grade. <laughs> we enlisted in the Marines together. Ricky wow. Salas. And he does all the um, landscaping for all these properties that we've been acquisitioning. And and it was funny because, like, he, he, he would go, hey, how do I? And I was like, just send me the invoice, dude. Just send me the invoice. I'll pay it. Right? right. Matter of fact, if I question you on an invoice, I'm not questioning the cost. I'm questioning it to go, hey, is this an OPEX or a CAPEX thing? Right. Because I'm looking to categorize it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a big difference between cutting the lawn every week and then all of a sudden going, hey, we're going to completely take out a bunch of trees. Right. OK. Well, I just need to know what categories that fall in because the accountants like that a lot better whenever it's been categorized correctly. Yeah. And uh, they really hate fixing my errors, which are already busy enough doing that. <laughs> um, And and so that's one of the that's one of the great, great things that I've really admired about you. And I really do. I admire you for having that ability to take something and go. This is what I do. Yeah. And this is the team I've built around me. And like even when uh, um, AJ moved Mm -hmm. on because it was time for AJ to move. AJ was was. ready for his next venture. But you could see the struggle in him. He did not want to go. Yeah. like I never forget on that last day we were recording. He's like, man, it's the last day I get to do this. He was he was taking personal enjoyment in his last time to get to do this, because it's kind of like what I tell Marines all the time is that at some point, whether through your decision or the Marine Corps decision, you're going to put that uniform on one last time. Yeah. Enjoy that last time you put on it. Yeah. Right. and And that's what AJ did. So he, it was both bittersweet for him because he got to just really own his last day here. But you could just see this almost like a soul getting extracted from him as he didn't want to go. But yeah. sometimes we have to do what's best for us. Kind of yeah. like, you know, with this maintenance thing going on. Like, I'm not mad at my my guy for, for leaving. If it's not a fit, it's not a fit. Yeah. I'm not here to be in the convincing business. But, man, you know what is you go do what's good for you right you know the old analogy of hey when you're on an airplane i know because i just got off one like three hours ago (laughs) is when they go hey when the oxygen masks come down take care of yourself first and then help everybody else because you can't help anybody else if you can't breathe so i think we get so sidetracked with people confusing what it is to be selfish so you can be unselfish right tell me what you think about that
0: i would 100 percent agree and you know, I think motherhood is the kind of the perfect example of that. Like I struggle with it all the time. My kids are eight and nine. I partial homeschool them. And as much as I'd love to tell you that I would love to be at home and have that more time, me taking care of me is really important because that makes me a better mom. It really does. Like me having a purpose in life, me having that. And I think um you you. I really think it's important. You have to understand what those things are because if you're spent, if you're exhausted and I've done those, I've done that, where I've just burned myself out to a crisp, running, I can't be there for anyone else. Like I literally will go into hiding sometimes where and that's not serving anybody either, where you I'm hiding in a hole for a month just because I'm trying to replenish what I just depleted from myself. So, um, you do have to find that balance. And I think, um, you know, understanding there may be times that, you are in Fort Worth all day and they have to, you know, go with their dad and and that's OK. But they see me working and I feel like I'm I, I don't know. I feel hopefully we'll see. I say I have a therapy fund, too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't have this right. Let's be honest. I know I'm going to screw up. But, you know, it's also that they see mommy working and they see mom doing certain things and they see I, I do things you know, outside of just being there for them too, but that's my that's my mask, you know, I, I have to have that. So to that's, have to a,
1: that's yet another thing, when I really get impressed by, um, um, how do I say this without sounding completely wrong, <laughs> is um, professional women. I'm not saying women are not professional, right. it's no, not no, it, but, but women you. that have taken on professional roles because, hey, guess what, at the end of the day, I love my daughter. My wife loves our daughter. Yeah. But the difference is is she carried our daughter for nine and a half months where I did not. Right. Right. There is a certain, there's just certain things in nature that occur that as guys, we cannot fully comprehend. Yeah. Right. And I'm not saying that to annoy anybody. It's just that's the reality of the truth and then when you have the nature of being a mom and choosing to be an entrepreneur and build multiple businesses i can only imagine the internal struggle yeah. that goes on and 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 i can say this because i see it with laura right of you know, you know, and I, I, it's that balance. And but one of the things Laura and I learned was we had to be selfish in order to be unselfish, which, you know, because you'll have people go, well, your kids come first, not your spouse. And I'm like, ah, mm, no. guess what? And sooner or later, the kids leave. And then is that when you learn who the other person is? Exactly. And how many times we see that happen you hear, You're like, y'all have been married for 20 years. You got divorced right after the kids left. Yeah, because they didn't take time to be selfish with each other, and Laura and I have been really good on that. And, and 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 it's not because of my driving it. Right. She does not let me off the hook. She still tells me, "You're still dating me, Span." Yeah. And I'm like, woo me, you know, like, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. And and yeah. and sometimes I'm good at it, and and, and many a times I'm not. But she's really good at saying, "Hey, listen, we got to learn to be able to take care of ourselves, and then take care of each other." And then because of that, we can take care of our family. Yeah. Right. And and I don't care if anybody agrees, or disagrees or whatever. I, I, I think if anybody after the 52nd episode now that we're on <laughs> has learned that your opinion really doesn't matter to me, I really don't care um, or else I wouldn't still be doing this and putting things out for public consumption. Yeah. But but that is I'm, I, I do get fascinated when I when I watch people that go, OK, I, I've got to learn to be selfish in order to be unselfish. And then when you become unselfish, it's easier to be unselfish. Right. 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 You can give more. Yeah. But if you can't, if you can't take care of number one, how in the hell can you remotely be expected to take care of anybody
0: else? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I get cranky. And that was like, I was laughing. I was listening to this podcast about co-sleeping and I was very adamant when I had our kids. I was like, okay. I'm going to get them to sleep through the night. Like I read BabyWise and I was the prize student for BabyWise and you know this mother was like oh basically like you're a selfish horrible person if you um, don't co-sleep with your kids for like the first year because they need you and they need to be able to know you're right there and and I'm like you know what (laughs) you haven't seen me without sleep. Mm -hmm. I know I'm a horrible mother when I don't sleep. So I either had an option of and and luckily we never had to like do a, a horrible cried out session or anything like that but teaching my kids those that that independence like i was always there for them they never like sat and was like oh my god where's my mother i'm crying for yeah, hours I mean, right it was out never in the like tent that in the
1: backyard you know? <laughs>
0: but i knew co-sleeping and and was going to be horrible for me because i was going to be a horrible bitch and i'll say that like i am not good when i'm tired i'm just not good like that so it was like okay For me to be a great mom i have to be selfish in this area i know my kids are safe they're okay they're very well taken care of but i'm not going to co-sleep with them and you can have all your judgment on that all you want but you you haven't seen me yelling (laughs) at somebody when i'm really exhausted like i'm just not good i don't function well like that i'm not the girl that can go off four hours of sleep or whatever so you know just moments like that you do have to take that like where am i going to be at my best and what does that best have to be in order to be a good mom or be a good, you know, you know, treat my clients well to do all of this stuff? Where where do I have to protect myself uh, in order to be that? Because otherwise, if I'm if I'm depleted, it's not it's not going to happen.
1: Well, that goes back to the analogy of being president. Right. Right. No matter what decisions you make, right. that's good for you and your family. At a minimum, there's going to be 50% of people that disagree, 100%. right? 100%. But last I checked, they're not the ones standing over me on my deathbed. Right. Right? So that's why I don't really care. Exactly. Right? I mean, I my three sayings are, don't be in the convincing business. Stop worrying about what other people think of you, and your time is not free. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, and, and I was really bad about it. I used to just gift my time away. Yes. Right? And I just used to hand it away. And it was really interesting. I had a friend of mine go, why don't you value your time? And I said, Whoa, what do you mean by that? Of course I value my time. Not if you're giving it away for free. Yeah. You're how do you how can you expect other people to respect your time when you don't even respect it yourself? Yeah. Because you're just giving it away. And these are the different pieces of business that I've learned over the last couple of years that that really start to hone in and go. You know what? You're right because you can't take on every client. No, you can't take on every deal. You can't take on every human being to be your friend. You know, it's kind of like you can you you can love someone and not like them. It's okay. Uh, yeah, right. And I think we've all got a couple of family yeah, members that are like family that, right? Yeah. It's a, it's the same analogy. It is in business, you have to go. You know what? What is good for me? Right. And then because it's good for me, I can now make what's good for my clients. Right. And you, 52 episodes into this thing, have absolutely demonstrated that. Well, thank you. And I, I I am grateful for that.
0: Thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for being a great client. You make it easy. So,
1: as long answer, as I'm not talking all the time,
0: as long as you answer your text on Sunday, we're golden. We're <laughs> golden, yeah.
1: And, and then, you know, and I keep promising I'll get better, but, you know, after a while, boy, the cries wolf, uh, right? You know, and then, uh, uh, but, you know, we, we, we get, you know, we're a little bit better than what I would say yeah. we were a year ago. You were like, hey, hello, radio silence, like these things got to go out. <laughs> or, you know, like uh, when I was um, listening to a few that we've got rolling out as, you know, recording yeah. this. Listening to him on the plane to be able to go. Hey, I I I've got an hour and a half on this plane. I can work on a few things. I can listen to at least knock out this one episode. So that way I could try to get that yeah. done. Because I don't want to be hounded, but I know that I've created the environment of why I get hounded because I didn't do it. <laughs> and so, so okay. We're wrapping up. All right. End of the show.
0: I'm we always got to yeah. come back
1: to what do you tell twenty year old self? Right. That one nugget. You you um, learned through this magical time machine that 20-year-old Aaron is actually going to listen to one nugget one of nugget. advice. Aaron, and I know there's 21 a lot.
0: 21-year-old Aaron needs about 70,000, five of them. <laughs> 75,000. I don't know. She needs a lot. But, uh, you know, like I was saying, enjoy the process. I think really just... You know, it was very uh, enlightening for the past couple of years i had stopped drinking and really realized i felt drinking made me better i felt drinking kind of took that edge off because like the per the type a very driven very mm-hmm. um and it's just life is freaking short like it really is the fact i'm just about to turn 44 i can't believe i'm in my 40s i look at my high school friends i'm like oh my god they're like our parents it's crazy just find the joy and stuff. I mean, in what you're doing, like truly look for the joy and take those moments to, 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 it doesn't just come happiness. Isn't something that you just suddenly are like, I'm. yeah, I just feel happy. I think it's really a choice. And I feel very blessed in my life right now. There are just moments like, like our kids go to a private school and I just take those moments to be like, God, I feel so blessed and so happy. But, um, to just feel that joy. And I know it's cliche, but find those moments of joy in the process, like in whatever it is you're doing. Uh, don't wait for those, the, either the orange dots or those checkbox moments to feel, because I've, I've hit financial goals, I've hit business goals, I've hit personal goals, and there's never one ever that I hit where I was like, now I feel I've made it, or now I feel like I'm a better human being, or now I feel I'm validated, never ever and all of those and so it's like find that joy and be that person along the way i just think it's really really important and I, I i was not doing it but i purposely have to do it
1: well i tell you if you take great joy in making other people successful then you're getting a lot of joy because I th- this this show has been a success because of you, and I love calling you my producer. I'm like talk to my producer, talk to her, talk to her. Don't don't talk to me. I don't you know this is who does yeah. it. And so okay, so the audience out there they they mm-hmm. they want to learn more about starting a podcast, and they want to be made successful like you've made me successful. Yeah. Name of the company, website, email, phone. How do, how do they go? Yeah, so where do they go? How do they get a hold of Innovation you? Innovation
0: Media Enterprises is the company. It's a long name, but just fill it out. You'll get it. InnovationMediaEnterprises.com. You can contact there. Uh, Aaron, it, this is, I'll make it super simple. Email me Aaron at AaronGregor.com. It's like as easy as you can. If you have questions, if you want to talk about it. I mean, we're, I, I am more than happy to sit down with you for 30 minutes and talk you through it. See if this is something you want to do. Um, or you're ready to do, I think you have to be ready to commit to it. That's the most important thing I tell people, like, you can't fade away. You've got to be able to commit to this. But uh, InnovationMediaEnterprises.com or aaron at ErinGregor.com, shoot us a message, happy day. get you started.
1: And just in case, as usual, if you're driving down the street or just somewhere you can't go and click on that link, right, you can always go to myexperiencedrealtor.com, click on podcast, go down to episode number 52, the one-year mark, Aaron Greger, and you will find an easy link to get in touch with her. Thank you, Aaron, for coming. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Yes. All right. That was awesome. Thank you. You're you're a pro at this. This is what you do.